0: I heart it's time to get inside the Giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle, up, huddle up. on Giants.com here we go here we go in the Giants mobile get them in there let's go part of the Giants
2: podcast network welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast I'm John Schmelke it's all brought to you by PSE&G energy efficiency for game time and anytime visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts rebates and home energy assessments in this week's spotlight from the draft network friend of the program he's Joe Marino Joe what's going on man
1: Hey John, thanks for having me on. Hope you're doing well.
2: And uh, tell tell the folks about your podcast too.
1: Yeah, appreciate that. Draft Dudes is the podcast. We uh, we talk draft all year long, uh, roster construction. We focus a lot on that, and obviously the Giants are a fun team for us because of a uh, new regime and a lot of draft capital and a uh, real shift in identity. So we love talking about that. And of course, Locked On Bills daily podcast in the Buffalo Bills.
2: All right, guys, make sure you go check those out. Um, I know a lot of stuff's happening with free agency, franchise tags, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Uh, we're gonna focus on the Combine on this podcast. We'll do a different huddle later in the week, uh, where we're gonna cover all that stuff uh, in terms of the Giants and their free agency needs and what they're doing salary cap-wise coming up next week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And if you missed it, go check out all the content we had from the NFL Combine. Uh, three episodes, four episodes rather of big kickoff live, seven giant huddle podcasts, over 25 guests. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, uh, go down the list. A lot of good guests out there. So make sure you go find those again on the John Settle Podcast or on Big Blue Kickoff Live. All right, Joe. And folks, by the way, we're going to do kind of a Giants-centric review of the Combine here. If you're looking for a more general thing, go find Draft Season, our draft podcast, me and Tony Pauline. Uh, that posted on Monday. Uh, we kind of go down everything that happened, every position at the Combine. We're going to kind of zero in here on the Giants specifically with Joe. All right, so, Joe, let's start here uh, with the wide receivers. Giant fans looking for weapons. How, if at all, do you think what happened at the wide receiver position over the weekend might change what that top of the board looks like for a lot of teams?
1: Yeah, the wide receiver position is very interesting um, when it comes to this draft. And You got a lot of smaller receivers, and you got a lot of questions about the ones you'd actually pick in the first round. I feel like the one guy that if you made me say, I think this is going to be a first-round receiver, it's probably Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. For as much hype as uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson had this past year coming out of Ohio State, that guy outproduced him on the same team two years ago. He just was hurt this past year when he got a chance to see him, but looked good at the combine. He feels like the guy that's going to go in the first round. Meanwhile, Jordan Addison out of USC uh, really liked the player, but came in small, tested a bit slow. You have some questions there. You know, Quentin Johnson, the TC receiver is the bigger bodied guy. Don't have a 40 on him, obviously, did some good things at the combine still. But I think we came away with more questions about the value of receivers than anything. And what's interesting about the wide receiver position in general is the NFL has been so good at finding impact players outside of the first round at wide receiver. Think about some of the best guys in the league, whether that's a Debo Samuel or a DK Metcalf or a, an AJ Brown. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I could go on and on about these players that weren't first round picks that the NFL has been able to find on day two and really find some value there. And I I wonder if you're looking for a receiver, if the better option is to wait and see if you could take advantage of some of those guys that are going to inevitably be there on day two, even look at George Pickens last year, guys like that, the list really does go on and on.
2: Yeah. And, and let's touch on both those tiers of guys. You mentioned the guys at the top first. Now, the Giants have Wando Robinson, who have used a second-round pick on last year. Now, he tore his ACL, but I still think the expectation is he'll be back. And I think both of us would agree that he should be considered pretty much a slot-only guy, right? So, keeping that in mind, Joe, based on what we saw athletically from the guys, and I agree. I thought even though Smith and Jibba didn't run a 40-yard dash, his three-cone and short shuttle was immaculate. He looked great in drills, good hands. Mm-hmm. We know he can get open do you think he's a slot only guy who mixes and matches with what the Giants already have to maximize that value of a receiver in the first round? If they decide to go in that direction.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. And, and with Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's the thing is it, we don't really know how explosive he is in terms of speed vertically. Um, I have my concerns there, although the he's quicker than fast and we certainly validated that at the combine. Um, but the production really did come from the slot at Ohio state. Right. And I think that it opens up some questions about being able to win outside. And really that becomes a, a heavyweight fight out there where you have to deal with contact at the line of scrimmage. You don't have that two way go from the slot. And it's just a different ball game out there. Now where I want to go with this and somewhat cautiously is Justin Jefferson, uh, because that was the big thing with him coming out. Unless you was, well, all this production came from the slot. Can he be a big boy and win outside? well, I think we've learned. Uh, so I don't want to fall into those same pitfalls that, and assume that because JSN hasn't really been tasked with winning on the line of scrimmage, that he can't, right? I think the, the way that the NFL was played now, um, this is kind of a concern that we got to be careful not to buy too much into or else you're going to label Justin Jefferson a slot only and you're going to pick Jalen Rager in front of him. So I think you got to be careful there. But I do think when you look at through the lens of, of, of the Giants, you know, I, I, certainly Isaiah Hodgins, a player that you would anticipate is back in a big part of that offense uh, with the flashes that he showed across 10 games this past season, Wandale Robinson, more of a slot only. So I think what you're looking for is a guy that is more do-everything, that gives you some interchangeability. You can play him in the slot. You can play him out wide, can get vertical, can can uncover quickly. And I think that's, that's kind of the skill set that it feels like this Giants receiver core is missing if you're counting on Hodgins and Robinson to kind of be back in, as your ex-receiver and your slot guy.
2: Now, I will say this. I don't think Smith and Jacob would run Jefferson's time in the 40 either no, when he runs right. it. Um, So I agree with you. That's the receiver that they need. Does that wide receiver exist in this draft, Joe?
1: That's tough. Um, <laughs> he, And I think my hesitation there should tell you some things there, right? Even if you go to a Quentin Johnson, you know, what type of quick separation skills does he have, right? It's going to be a big difference coming from the big 12 and beginning press coverage as opposed to in the NFC East, right? So there's some translatability concerns that you can have there and i don't know that there's a slam dunk okay this is a do everything guy because it, the more you get into the class a lot of these guys are smaller right and so you have questions about whether or not they can be a consistent guy that you know can get that leverage at the catch point and win like it's just a really unique year for receivers where it feels like the better thing is if you want more than niche player do you want the slot only do you want the big bodied guy the teams that are looking for hey a do everything player you know you're going to you're going to find yourself with some challenges here and i'm not saying that the player doesn't exist but to me, it's more, okay, you, you you really have to get into it. You need to learn about what they were asked to do in college and the site adjustments and the routes right? to get a better feel about that translatability. And, of course, the Giants and the rest of the NFL had a big opportunity in, at the Combine to get to ask those questions and get to meet with these players.
2: Yeah, for Giant fans that might not be familiar, Zay Flowers is going to be a really good receiver, 5'9". Tank Dell going to be a really good wide receiver, 5'8". Josh Downs going to be a really good wide receiver, 5'9". Even you know a guy like Charlie Jones, who I love, he's only 5'11", 175, right? You know Marvin can Mims, he, can he play outside? Jalen Hyatt told teams over the weekend. I'm told that he wants to play the slot, which is crazy for a guy that runs a four four forty. So you know, Michael Wilson, right? He's a late round pick with injury. He's a little bit bigger. Uh, Cedric Tillman, maybe again, they both ran the four fives, but at least they have the size to play outside. You talked about waiting, right? Maybe this is the year you wait to find a guy on day two, early day three, Joe. Who are some of the guys that you might like in that range that could maybe fill the type of role we're talking about?
1: Yeah, I, I, a player that immediately comes to mind for me is is Puka Nakua out of uh, BYU. We didn't get any testing from him, but as far as uh, a guy that I think is interchangeable, route running, physicality, has some juice about him, I think he fits that criteria. Um, I like, like Rasheed Rice. I think that might be a name that's we're forgetting a little bit in this wide receiver class out of SMU. Um, really productive couple of seasons. SMU obviously put some good players into the league uh, at that position, whether it's Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley recently, Danny Gray. It looks like he could be a fine there, um, but he's a guy that I think has shown to be able to win outside and in the slot. He's been able to get down the field, really competitive guy at the catch point. Um, maybe not super twitched up, but I mean, Some of the best receivers in the NFL aren't necessarily great testers when you think about a Devontae Adams or a Steph Diggs or a Cooper Cup, right? Like you don't have to run 4-3 and be 6-2 to be a good receiver in the NFL. In fact, most of the time, that's not the case. Um, And so I think Rasheed Rice also kind of fits that that area as well. Uh, Marvin Mims. Um, a player, he's 5'11", 183, so he's not super, you know, uh, rocked up in, in terms of size, but, you know, maybe he can add a little bit of weight and you can feel better about him as a, as a more complete player. And there's, there's some, you know, with Marvin Mims, I don't want to get too crazy here, but there's some Jahan Dotson to his game where we saw him at Penn State with just how good he is the catch point, but also has some explosiveness to go with it. Uh, his, his, uh, we got a limited sample size of testing for him. He ran into the four threes, six, nine, three cone, almost a 40 inch vert. So I think there's a lot to like from him out of Oklahoma.
2: Yeah. Anyone else that kind of jumped out at you or surprised you testing wise at the combine where based on your tape study, you're like, wow, I did not expect that good or bad.
1: Are you opening this up to all receive all positions or yeah. are we sticking at receiver?
2: Let's stick receiver for now.
1: All right, because that took that took. I was going to go into Jack Campbell a little bit there. Oh, don't worry, we'll get uh, there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. Um, uh, maybe a guy that surprised me a little bit was Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State, who might also kind of fit this uh description. With him, the explosiveness was was in question, and and we got a four, five, three, 40 yard dash. We didn't get. Uh, great vertical or abroad, but some of those agility scores for him and particularly the three cone being a six, nine, one is definitely a test that uh, stood out to me and, and suggests that, you know, he's got that ability to get in and out of breaks and you feel better about that separation ability translating to the next level. So that's probably the guy that um, at least from a positive perspective, really uh, gave me something that I didn't fully expect.
2: Yeah, I don't think he separated all that well in Mobile. To be honest with you, I thought right. he was fine down there. But I agree with you. I was I was surprised at how well um, he did from an, an uh, agility standpoint. as Well, one guy we haven't even mentioned I don't think is is Addison. Except for your point at the beginning, Joe. His testing, like, and then he kind of you know stepped aside. I think he said it was a back injury, right? Whatever it was, you know, is he too small? You think that that can be that three level defense guy that can attack you? Does does the does the four four nine worry you? Talk talk to me about Addison a little bit.
1: You're not worried if you watched him play at Pitt or USC. No, I mean, he's that, still that, great. That <laughs> he one of the for Right. I think, I think for most people, this was the number one receiver coming into the draft, or excuse me, coming into the combine. Maybe that'll change. I, I wish he was a little bigger. If I'm not mistaken, he measured in the 170s. That's that's not a place where I really want him to be. I'd love for him to be more mid-180s, pushing 190. I uh, wish there was a little bit more explosiveness. I didn't think he'd be a 4-3 guy, but I thought he'd be a little bit more of a comfortable 4-4 four, four type player. Um, I, I'm still optimistic. I think he's a good football player, but maybe there's a little bit of of caution that um, naturally enters uh, your mindset when considering him because, well, he's small, and he's not as explosive as you want him to be. All right, let's go to tight
2: end here. So maybe you're sitting in the first round, and you're like, uh, I don't like any of these receivers. Yeah. They don't fit. I feel like I can get another good one later. Make the case for me, Joe, based on what you saw over the weekend testing wise, why, you know what, maybe this is the year you want to take a tight end in the first round.
1: Well, I I think in general, one of the most important talking points that we should bring up when considering investing in tight ends is the value, right? Like you want to pay for a top receiver in the NFL. That's going to cost you $30 million a season. You want the best tight end. It's going to cost you about half of that, maybe 15 to 18. Right. So, uh, that right there is is really interesting to me, especially when you consider the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, not everybody gets to have Travis Kelsey, right? Like we, every team would love to have him. But you think about letting Tyreek Hill go, of course, trading him, getting a bunch of draft capital, being comfortable paying Travis Kelsey, right? And the Giants might be in this world of paying a quarterback a bunch of money here pretty soon. So you get to see how that kind of changes the the roster dynamics. And you kind of look for those values. And and you look at what the Chiefs did, and they were willing to Say goodbye to that expensive receiver. Drafted some defensive players to replace him, and then was able to kind of lean into, of course, what they're paying a Travis Kelsey. So I think first of all, there's a value there at the tight end position for the contracts. But you know, I, I think what what offenses really want is matchups, right? You want to be able to dictate terms, and when you can put tight ends on the field that are actually skilled, that can really run routes and and, and get open and provide a height, weight, speed mismatch to defenses that are living in sub packages, right? They're playing in nickel literally all the time where you can force them to play uncomfortable. Let's say you have a couple of good tight ends, and I certainly like Daniel Bellinger as a young player for the Giants. Not, not sure that he stops you from going after one of these really, really good, talented tight ends that exist in this class, but you can start running some 12 personnel and getting defenses in, in, in uncomfortable personnel groupings that they don't live in. You know, I think you can you can really uh, elevate your your offense, and and you've certainly seen whether it's Mike Kafka or Brian Dable throughout their their careers uh, with a lot of tight end background, getting good contributions from tight ends. Leaning into that might not be a bad idea for a number of reasons.
2: And I think the guy that gets me excited—I know we're we're doing a combine every year—but I'm going to bring up the guy that didn't do anything at the combine. And that was Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, I think you, and, and, in terms of route running, catching the yeah. football. I mean, this guy, I mean, I'm not comparing him to the Travis Kelsey, but he has that character to him with the way he plays in a style where, you know, he might be listed as a tight end, but that guy's a receiver and he could really change your offense as a three level target.
1: His game against USC this past year might be the best tight end receiving tape I've ever watched um, route running hand. His hands are just unbelievable. And, um, you know, as a guy that, I think has room for some upward mobility given, you know, his small school player to start basketball background transfers to Utah and really, really takes off. I mean, the route running and hands are off the charts. The the ball skills are really, really good. I mean, you're not drafting this guy to to be an inline force for you as a blocker, right? Like that, that's not going to be the name of the game there. You, you watch all of his plays. You're going to come away a little underwhelmed by, his ability to, uh, you know, win the edge as a blocker. Uh, but you want that receiving profile, you want that move piece that you could put in the slot, you could put him out of the backfield and really get some production, you know, that's that's a great name. And, and, you know, unfortunately, like you mentioned, whether it was a senior bowl, couldn't participate due to an injury, and, of course, now not getting any numbers from at the combine. He feels like he's a little out of sight, out of mind, but my goodness, does this guy have a bright future as a pass catcher in the NFL?
2: Uh, one guy that wasn't, though, and, and I'll, I'll get to the physical freak show in a second. I thought Sam Laporta was excellent. Yeah. I thought his drills were great. He came in at six three two forty five, 245, ran a 459, which I thought was a really good number for him. His three-cone and short shuttle at 425 and 691 were fantastic. You know, I don't think he's going to inch his way into the first round. You know, for my money, though, you pick him in round two. I mean, yeah. he's going to give you that type of value, at least in my opinion. And he can block for you a little bit, too.
1: John, I'm not sure how much Iowa football you've watched over the last two years, but that offense is tough to watch, no, it's, man. It's rough. But the one thing they did have was Sam Laporta, damn it. And they threw him the ball and he caught a ton of passes and was like the only good thing that ever happened when you watch Iowa played offense. Um, and, and he's he's a really intriguing player. Um, like you mentioned, the, the receiving skill sets there. And and where I what I can really appreciate about Sam Laporta, and we say this for a lot of players, but I really mean it for Sam Laporta. When you, when everybody in the world knows where the ball's going and you still can't stop it, like that's a good football player. And that's what it was for Sam Laporta, but like in the most extreme example of there's nowhere else to go, you know, we're scoring 10, 11 points a game. It feels like, but if it wasn't Sam Laporta, it was nobody. So I appreciate what he brought to that team, especially with the attention that was placed on him. Really good production with really bad quarterback play. Uh, You mentioned the blocking ability. Again, you're not drafting this guy to block, but, man, his his effort is really strong. Like, he gets after people as a blocker. So I think he probably gives you more there than you get from a Kincaid. But I I think Sam Laporta is very much that, okay, maybe we don't want to pick a first-round tight end, but we could probably feel pretty good about uh, waiting until the second round and getting Sam Laporta as our fallback option.
2: Given everything we heard and people were saying how this guy was going to absolutely blow the combine up, were you a little underwhelmed by Musgrave and the numbers he put up?
1: Um, No. I, here's the thing about Musgrave that's interesting. I thought he was awesome at the senior bowl. I think everybody did. And I was at his podium session there, and he said, I still feel slow. Like, he's still kind of working back. He's like – Yeah, he, I, he, I
2: spoke to him one-on-one, and he said he still
1: felt rusty. He'd only been right for like two weeks, yeah. Right, So, so – I kind of believe him um, just be, <laughs> we're aware of the injury, but then like you did see so the the functional athleticism really showed up and where he opens his stride, it can really pull away, but it's also just how technical he is as a route runner, really good at the catch point uh, will certainly give you the blocking skills. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he still clocked his 40 low four sixes. Yeah, four six one. Good yeah. Which I, I think it's a really good time. He's sure. I mean, good, good size too with him. Um, Yeah, I think the the question that I have more with him and his jumps were good, uh, 36-inch vert and over 10 in the the broad. The question that I have with Musgrave is just like, we didn't get a lot of production from you in college, right? I mean, like not not a ton at all. So for as enticing as the skill set is and the physical skills and the athleticism and what we did see at the Senior Bowl – you wish that you had a little bit more resume to to cling to when you talk about translating him to the NFL. But from a physical traits perspective, I really think he offers a lot.
2: You know, Dono Washington came in at 6'6", 264. And you know what? I wasn't shocked by all the numbers that I saw coming in right. until I saw the short shuttle time at 4.08. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Because you know, I got to be honest with you, watching him doing the drills and everything he still kind of looks like he lumbers around to me. He gets the time. It reminded me of the kid out of Virginia last year who ran a really good time, but to Woods, me, still, yeah. Yeah. Still, J- yeah. Uh, Jelani Wood still did not look like a super fluid guy. How Washington ran a 408 short shuttle, <laughs> I have no, I can't even fathom it. I need to find the video of that if he like teleported or what he did because just the way I saw him moving around, I don't know how that's possible. And holy cow, if that number translates to the field.
1: You know, I I think with players like him, I think you're correct in that they're not necessarily moving very fast, but they're covering a lot of ground, right, with those strides and their ability to eat it up. Uh, and I think that's what you get from from Darnell Washington. I think he's probably more of a gradual speed guy. Um, and certainly I think what's most important is you go back to the tape and you don't – like that, that speed, that athleticism doesn't show up. Just like I'd say it didn't show up for Jelani Woods. Yeah, it it straight up didn't. But then they test like that and you realize, okay, we got something here. Um, and so for for Darnell Washington, um, man, he's he's going to be an impact blocker from day one. Um, you know, he, he you see the NFL, everybody wants to run outside zone. Well, you, you got to win the edge in outside zone. You can do that with Darnell Washington, but also it's it's that catch radius. It's that ability to beat zone coverage, which really matters, right? It's, it's one thing to be maybe not like the most explosive tight end that you don't love as a a guy that's going to win against man coverage a ton, but is he smart? Can he make side adjustments? Can he sit down? Can he be available? Absolutely. And so I think that catch radius with that blocking ability, with that size, he's plenty appealing. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think we could all agree that that level of freak athlete wasn't uh, what we saw all the time at Georgia.
2: How high is Tucker Craft going to go?
1: It's a good question. I I mean, I we've got this group of tight ends, whether it's Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, uh, Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft. It, like this is that Sam Laporta. Like, those are the guys, right? Um, I think Tucker Kraft has some things working against him. He had a little bit of an injury this past year, smaller school guy. Um, I think he's probably a second round pick. I'd be very surprised if he got to the third round. But what could work for him and, and him falling a little bit if you want it, not necessarily for him, it would work against him, but for the teams that are wanting him is you just don't see that volume of tight ends go, right? Like yeah. we don't typically see more than one first round tight end. There's not even been that many selected recently. So there's a numbers game that probably hurts Tucker Craft, but pro- provides a lot of value to the NFL um, if he's the guy that kind of slides a little bit. Because at the end of the day, I don't think seven tight ends are going to go in the first two rounds.
2: All right, let, let's go to running back and offensive line here. Um, the Giants could be in the running back conversation. We don't know the answer to that question as per this recording on Monday. Um, who's the guy that maybe – we'll, let, let's take Bijan and Gibbs and throw them out. Uh, who else at the <laughs> Combine, because we know they're going to be gone end of the first round, very early second round, right? Of the guys that performed at the Combine, you know, we talked about Tajay Spears a ton. He didn't really do much in Indy. Um, who are the guys that you like in, in day two, early day three picks that you think kind of step in here – based on what you saw in Indy, that, that kind of impact, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's – you know what? I, I would I would give him the reins and, and feel pretty good about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for that lead back, right, I think that's where the conversation gets interesting because there's a ton of guys that you feel like can be a complimentary player, but if you want a a, a guy that could really carry the load, I think after Bijan and Jameer Gibbs, right, those are very correctly identified as one and two. I think you look at guys like Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA – uh, bigger back for him uh, was he 214 pounds six foot 214 ran 453 37 vert ten two broad. broad um, you saw the way that he won through contact with consistency at, at UCLA a lot of vision there um, you know he's a guy that you feel like can really take some volume for your offense um, Kenny McIntosh is a player that I really like I know that he he ran 462 <clears throat> I know that that doesn't get a lot of people excited but Watch him play. I mean, if you want a multifaceted back that can win downhill, that can catch the football, that can block. I mean, you get a lot from Kenny McIntosh, and I don't think athleticism was something that I was concerned about with him in the SEC. Uh, so I like him as if you're looking for a guy that can carry some volume for you. Uh, and then I know that Roshan Johnson has a, a lot of fans and another bigger back, six foot, 220 pounds, ran four, five, eight, um, high character guy you feel like he can carry some volume for you as well I know Bijan was kind of the guy there for uh Texas but a lot of people think that Roshan has starter traits in the NFL and I think four fives and 220 pounds is something that uh, as a as a you know, a guy that's going to take some carries for you. you. That's kind of what you're looking for. And that's not getting into, like, as much Tajay Spears, explosive. You like him as a complimentary player. Um, Devin A. Chain from Texas A&M, complimentary player to me. But you want that guy to take some volume. Those are some of the names that come to mind for me. How
2: about Chase Brown? How much did he help himself with that four four three? We know about he had all the production you might you would yeah. ever want.
1: I mean, Chase Brown probably should have been the Heisman trophy winner, if we're being honest, right? Like, I, I I mean, I don't know, but he's really gonna pound the table for a running back out of Illinois, but like measure his production up against some of the other people, and he should have at least been in New York. Um, maybe maybe we won't pull Caleb Williams Heisman away from him, but I think that yeah. uh the Chase had certainly had a case and and was really, really productive. I, I think for him, um the testing was really, really good. And I why I think it's important is because. I, I thought he looked very ordinary at the senior bowl, right? Like I, the, we, we, the season was great. And then the senior bowl was meh and he comes back and tests really well. And it feels like you can kind of lean back into it um, a little with, with some confidence, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the season he had this past year was phenomenal. The, the, the combine was phenomenal. And I think he's got a lot of momentum.
2: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think so too. All right. Into your offensive line, the giants could be in that marketplace here, Joe, uh, I don't think testing-wise anyone jumped out at me, at least at guard and center. John Michael Schmitz, you know, is fine. You know, Steve Avila was fine. You know, nobody to me really pumped. Who are some of the guys that that either, you know, listening to them or watching them doing their thing at the combine or in general that you think could be a, a look at guard or center that can plug and play for you on day two?
1: Yeah, I think you hit some of the big names. Joe Titman, John Michael Schmitz, Osiris Torrance. Those are kind of your your cream of the crop. Uh, into your offensive lineman that I would expect to go in the back 25% of the first round into the second round is your starters. Uh, but if you want to move away from those names um, two, one small school guy and one not small school guy city so out of Eastern Michigan. Uh, he came in 323 pounds almost 34 inch arms almost 11 inch hands ran 507 uh, 32 inch vertical for an offensive yeah. guard at 323 pounds uh he's a player that um actually a former NFL player at the senior Bowl said hey Joe you gotta watch City so and I did and then he did that at the combine and so I'm really leaning into uh to him as a kind of a uh, maybe a maybe a later day two guy that winds up being a steal for somebody and, and then uh, the the UCLA, UCLA guard, John Gaines II, I thought he, from a testing perspective, also really helped himself at the Combine. So I think it was the names you'd expect, but if you want to go a little bit deeper, City, so Eastern Michigan, John Gaines II out of UCLA are two guys that uh, I think helped themselves a lot over the weekend.
2: Joe Shane, Joe talked in, in uh, Indianapolis about the scarcity of defensive tackles, interior defensive yeah. linemen. You know, trying to find somebody to go with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Maybe eventually step in for Leonard Williams down the road as he gets a little bit older. Uh, who are some of the defensive tackles that that you think really made a name for themselves out there that could fit that bill?
1: Well, I, I think that's for me. Keanu Benton's the name that that really really pops out of Wisconsin. Um, good career for the Badgers, and then good Senior Bowl, good Combine. We like where this is headed, right? Uh, wrestling background. I think he's got the versatility to play multiple spots up front uh, has some good hand usage, which is not something you're going to see at the combine, but I, I appreciate that about his game and some of the counters that exist with his rush profile. So he's a name. I obviously Jalen Carter out of Georgia is the, a huge name, Brian Breezy Clemson. Uh, but uh, I'm really excited about him, Keanu Benton. And then a guy that I I don't know that he did a whole lot of testing, uh, but the, I know he did the bench press, Mozzie Smith out of oh, Michigan. Yeah. I think we're sleep. I think everybody's sleeping on this guy. I think he's a freak athlete that's 330 pounds, that had a great season for Michigan, that I think offers versatility. Um, and maybe his pass rush impact in college wasn't great, but my goodness, the athleticism that he has gets me excited about translating him to the next level. And we said things like that about Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, we said things like that um, about other interior defensive linemen. That uh, Vitavea can he rush in the NFL? Like, well, yes, he can. They're they're big, athletic dudes. Um, and so I I I think Mozzie Smith out of Michigan is a player that's absolutely slept on at interior defensive line. That is gonna you know whether that's late first round or second round, I think is is a name people need to get a little bit more uh, in tune with.
2: I'm gonna throw a couple names at you. Give me your take. At um, a Tom away at Bar a Barre from. Northwestern, who was unbelievable with his testing. Crazy
1: combine, yeah. yeah,
2: Ridiculous. The guy that 4'49 to 280 pounds, like what? And then his his drill work looked good, too. He looks rocked up, like 34-inch uh, yep. arms, like he checks every box. I know people made a big deal about Kalaji Kansi's 40. He has the labrum, so he hasn't done anything else, really. And then I thought Gervon Dexter looked really good, too, as a bigger guy. Those other two guys kind of undersized. I thought he flashed some pretty good athleticism for, for a uh, bigger guy.
1: Good names to bring up. We'll start with Gervin Dexter. Yeah, the size and athleticism really popped at the combine, and that was good because I thought for two seasons at Florida he was really, really inconsistent. And I, I get concerned about Florida. Like, just I don't feel like their player development for the last decade's been very good. Huh. Um, it, it just feels like just a lot of just underdeveloped players, and that I think that happens when you have so much turnover with your coaching staff, but um, he's a guy that maybe his best football is ahead of him. I, I do think this last two years of tape concern me, but again, size and athleticism is absolutely there. You mentioned Kaleja Kansi got a pit and I'll tell you what, he might be the most difficult evaluation in the class, um, because he's a complete outlier in terms of size. I mean, what was he six, one, 280 pounds with sub was, did he have 31 inch arms? I mean, just, yeah, they were very,
2: very short. They were very short,
1: just, just concerningly short. And you can, uh, you can absolutely appreciate yeah 30 and 58s on on the arm at sub 31 that's crazy to me um you can appreciate the disruption and how impactful he was at pit but translating that to the next level is just really really hard for me i think he can provide some energy but i, I mean that type he's going to get outreached all day long in the nfl he like he's going to have to relearn how to win right because just guys are going to be longer they're going to be more stout they're going to be able to move better in the NFL. And I think it's going to be a big challenge for Kalijah Kansi. So to me, he's a guy that I recognize the talent and the intrigue and all that, but I, he's probably a guy I let somebody else pick, right? Like that. You can, you can enjoy the risk reward. I'll lean into a different player. Um, And then the last one was out of Tommy. Yeah, man. From, from Northwestern. Goodness gracious. Um, Shout out to Kyle Krabs uh, with one of my colleagues. We do draft dudes together and, Um, he was in on, on him over the summer, but I don't think anybody expected four fours at 280 plus pounds. I mean, that's freak stuff. That's really interesting. And I like the density of his frame. He's not super like tall. So he's sub six, two, like six, one and a half. Like that's a lot of density to go with that explosiveness and those long arms. So man, I mean, I thought he looked good at the senior bowl and had a good career at Northwestern. He is one of the biggest risers of late for sure.
2: You know, I'm not sure if the Giants are going to go after another edge guy. They have Aziz Ojalari and Kayvon Thibodeau in house. But Joe Shane and his time in Buffalo, Joe, as you well know, they just kept drafting defensive linemen. It didn't matter yep. who they had up there. They just keep going. Epinesa, Ed Oliver, Rousseau just go down the line, right? They signed yep. Von Miller. They just keep Dash adding them. guys yeah. up front. Yeah, it doesn't so doesn't stop. I, yep. I, who in that group in Indy really jumped out to you that could be like, ooh, Wink Martindale? I could see him really liking that dude up front.
1: Funny I was that? key keep mentioning the senior bowl, but man, Wink Martindale and, and jo- Joe Shane were right there on the sidelines focusing on those defensive linemen too. You could tell that's uh, something they'll be thinking about. And obviously with a bunch of uh, expiring contracts there with a lot of the depth players, um, you could see them going with with some defensive linemen. Um, what's, what's interesting is, the, the Wink Martindale defense usually features some very stout dudes and then just guys that they can create space to unleash and attack the pocket, right? Yeah. And, and, and when you go to the edge side of things, that group really, there's so many players that I think translate to that style of defense. Like if, if you're a pure, even front defense and you're looking for a true 4-3 defensive end, maybe this isn't the class for you. But if you want those guys that you can really scheme up and, and create some rush lanes for them. You can, and that's what Wink does, right? He's made a, a hell of a career out of that. You can get those players. So I think about a Byron young from, from Tennessee with man, I mean, burst and flexibility for days. Yeah. He, he really, really uh, intrigues me, you know, Nolan Smith, I know is a, a smaller player. Um, but I mean, I think even at Georgia, you knew he was a little, little underdeveloped with his rush plan, but the athleticism was off the charts. He certainly, Ah, uh, validated that um, with his combine showing. Uh, he intrigues me quite a bit. I mean, Will McDonald. I know that he didn't do all this stuff, but um, as a length, burst, flexibility type guy out of Iowa State, he pops. I mean, those. The, I could really go on and on. Felix uh, Anadiki Adikiu out of Kansas State. He really fits that type of description. So I think that the the well is going to be plenty full uh for the giants if they're looking for some of those slashers off the edge and then those stout dudes on the interior as well
2: all right um let's go to the middle linebacker the giants really don't have one i
1: mean yeah
2: they they signed jared davis around christmas eve he's starting playoff games for them i mean it, it, it was ridiculous jaylen smith was basically picked off the scrap heap right he couldn't find the team he started for the most of the year and I don't think this is a great middle linebacker group. It would not shock me, Joe, if you don't see even one picked in the first round, even as late as the Giants are picking. Um, what did you – I know you mentioned one earlier, so a little tease there. Uh, what guys at the Combine at that spot really jumped out at you that you think could intrigue the Giants there, either with the first-round pick or, or maybe when they're picking in the 50s?
1: Yeah, I think the name's Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Um, really good player there this past season. I think 2 years ago he he showcased himself well and I didn't love his 2021 tape but 2022 I think he he put it all together. Um and we're talking over 64 250 pounds, ran 465 I mean like objectively one of the best five combine performances of any player there. Right? I mean just showcasing athleticism in ways that we needed to see it, because that was my question with Jack Campbell was, hey, I like your downhill ability. You're super smart. You're a good tackler. I think you have short sh- short zone coverage skill, but what type of range do you have? Well, I think we feel good about the athletic profile uh, that we saw at the Combine. And I think I think for a lot of teams, uh, he, he's going to be a really good choice. I, what's interesting about the linebackers is maybe we don't have a lot of options in the draft that we love. But free agency is going to provide some answers there for teams. I mean, a lot of veterans and, and, and intriguing players there that I think offset some of what this class is missing uh, at, at linebacker. And especially, when you think about like the the top two guys that people talk about: Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Not necessarily a, a very traditional player in terms of how he won at Arkansas. I think I think if there were Sam linebackers in the NFL anymore, like a true four <laughs> right. three Sam, like he's perfect, right? That that's that's who you yeah. want, but like that's not a role. He can beat up the tight end. You can set that's not end, a you thing. Can
2: do all that, yeah, for yeah.
1: Sure. And then even even the other guy, Trenton Simpson. We we knew he's athletic, but I'm not sure he's more than just a see ball get ball type player. Like the reading and react skill there is is very underwhelming. I think he's a guy that you would just give him singular responsibility, shoot this gap, cover this player, right? Uh, Pursue from the weak side. You know, I, I worry about, I worry about um, the, the processing skills there. So that brings me to guys like Jack Campbell, who I'm really excited about today coming out of the combine because I got an athletic profile that I needed to go with processing skills and consistent film.
2: Yeah. His short shuttle time and three cone work were fantastic, which is, Really important for him. And he had a solid 40-time, too. Is he low four sixes, right, Campbell, right?
1: Yeah, so, really good.
2: Excellent. All right, cornerback, last position we'll hit here, Joe, because I think this is probably maybe the strength of this class in my uh, opinion. No
1: question. Yeah, and, no question.
2: you know, we're flying back on Friday night, and I'm trying to keep track of these drills on my phone. And I'm like, are all these guys running in the four threes? How is this possible? And, and it was possible. They all did it. And now I wonder who's even going to be left when the Giants pick at 25.
1: <laughs> well, the good news about these corner classes is that there's a lot of them. Uh, and I think I think you're going to see them stacked up a whole lot of different ways and obviously scheme specificity is going to going to come into play for what you know skill sets match what what teams want to do, but I uh, I mean this this thing is absolutely slam full of guys Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, who's an absolute monster out of Oregon. Joey Porter Jr. Uh, for the uh, I said the Giants <laughs> for for Penn State. You know I, he's going to be intriguing for people. Giant um, fans wouldn't mind if it was for the yeah, Giants, Joe. If he got Carolina. down there, I think that'd be that'd be a real that'd be a real good fit for him. Um, you know, Cam Smith out of South Carolina looks really good. Um, Deontay Banks. Blue Kelly Deontay Banks I mean I mean these all of these players we just mentioned those are like top 45 picks top 50 picks and that's just scratching the surface so uh there's gonna be there's gonna be answers here uh for teams um and if you need one get one because the 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 well is full and there's a lot of talent there's a lot of different skill sets available
2: you mentioned skill set and fit you know what Wing Morndall likes to do Joe he wants to blitz and he wants to play man yeah who fits
1: Oh man, Devin Witherspoon, I think is the, the man coverage skills are the giants are picking what 25. I I don't know. Or 26.
2: That'll be there at 25.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's probably where we should focus the conversation. You, you mentioned Deontay banks out of, out of Maryland physical. I mean, certainly got the size and athleticism to, to turn and carry. I really like cam Smith out of South Carolina. I think feet and hips are really good. Ball skills, competitive toughness are there. You don't worry. You, you, he's going to be able to tackle for you that there's no questions there. And, and like, Let's say that you have miss out you want to wait and you, you got, you know, second round pick, or you know, the Giants have a couple of third round picks, if I'm not mistaken. Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford really is a good man cover corner that can tackle and has length. Uh so there's there's gonna be guys at all spots. And so if they don't get one at 25, it'll be all right. They'll get somebody later on.
2: You know, it's funny. One guy that I watched his tape before the senior ball when we went down the mobile. And I was underwhelmed. I'm like, he's 6'3", but he doesn't play like he's 6'3". He's not physical. He's inconsistent. Julius Brents. And then I thought he was pretty good at Mobile. And then his testing at his size with his agility drills in Indianapolis. And Wink loves big, long corners. Now I'm thinking, boy, is is that a mid-round fit there, given his raw skills?
1: Well, I really liked his... Game against TCU in the Big 12 championship game. So if you're looking for like his best game, that would be the one to watch. And like you mentioned, I liked him at the senior bowl. Certainly tested really, really well. Uh he is a player that I think is probably a better fit for zone schemes. Um, you know, I think for as athletic and as big as he is, I still think you want him, him playing, you know, kind of in that half turn cover three, yep. qu- you know, quarters looks. Uh you corner. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's that, right? And and you say that, but like the Seahawks defense is now in on a lot of teams, whether it's with the jets, they got out of sauce Gardner. I guess the Seahawks still the 49ers, the bills, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that run Colts, right. There's, there's defenses for him. He may not be the best fit for the giants.
2: Fair enough. Um, a couple other guys that impress with their testing, uh, Keely Ringo, who I know people all over the map on that dude. Yeah. Um, he has the physical ability to play press man, but I'm not sure if he showed you, he could do it yet this year. And then uh, Darius Rush out of South Carolina, who was unbelievable in Mobile. And then, you know, just being up close to him, he is such a big frame, dude. Like, he's yeah. a big corner. He ran a 4-3-6, which I yeah. did not see coming. Your thoughts on those two guys?
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't see that coming from Darius Rush either. I watched his tape at South Carolina, did the write-up on him, and and I I had athleticism concerns. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that kind of comes from, you know, th- sometimes – players, if you, if you, if your play speeds and your processing speeds, not there, you're going to look slow, but in an isolated situation where it's, Hey, run 40 yards, do this drill. You're going to look fast. Right. Um, and I, I still think that his functional athleticism is different. So, I mean, I think it's good to know that he's capable of, of that type of athletic profile, but I didn't see it at South Carolina. And I I thought of him as his own corner as well especially when you think about the uh the ball skills that he has i think that you can really maximize that with him uh very much not con- having his back to the line of scrimmage with with a whole lot of consistency um the other name you mentioned was Keely Ringo yeah i mean you, you think about the journey there you couldn't open a mock draft uh over the summer without him being probably a top 10 pick right um but i think the reality of 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 him is it's more physical upside than it is consistency on the field Um, and just that reactionary ability to mirror and really feel routes and close. It's not there. I mean, like he's got some impressive moments because of the athleticism and he makes some really exciting plays, but I I don't know that he's a a guy that I would label as sticky. I don't know that he's a very instinctive corner. Right. And so that's kind of the stuff you might want to stay away from when you're considering a man heavy defense.
2: hundred percent agree with you. Final guy I'll ask you about a corner before I give you one generic question. DJ Turner ran a four, two, six. Um, I have not done a full deep tape study on him yet. What scheme does he fit and is he pushing himself into the first round conversation now? He
1: he's, he's a man corner. So this, this, this is more along the giants, uh, prototype. So what you're going to like about DJ Turner is he's athletic. He's got quick feet, fluid hips, sticky in coverage, and he is a dude when it comes to tackling. Like I like my DBs to tackle. I know that, um, that's secondary to coverage and making plays in the ball. But like, if you can come down and tackle, like, to me, that matters. Um, that's one of the biggest exceptions that I, I, I'll i never forget. Like CJ Henderson coming out of Florida. Like I just couldn't get past the business decisions that that guy made. And look, look where he's at in the NFL right now. He's kind of bouncing, bouncing around a couple of different teams, inconsistent um, DJ Turner. Let's get back to him. Really good athlete really instinctive player. And he's a dog in terms of tackling ability. So I like him a ton. I worry about the size, you know, we're sub or sub 31 inch arms, 178 pounds. Um, you think maybe at five eleven, he can add a little bit. Um, and, and even if that means losing some athleticism, because I mean, he's obviously super athletic. I'd like to see him push, push 185, 190 pounds. And, um, and I think he would be a really nice option for, for the giants, honestly, on day two.
2: All right, final question here. How did the landscape of this draft, in your eyes, Joe, change during that week at Indianapolis, if at all? You can look at it from any perspective you want, top of the draft, trade market, whatever. What was the most striking thing for you that maybe changed the way you were thinking about this draft in general?
1: I I think for me it's my belief that we get four top ten quarterbacks has changed. I didn't think, going into it, I didn't think that would happen. I thought there was enough concerns with Anthony Richardson that he would more or less be a maybe for the top 10, and you kind of thought more teams maybe trading back into the first rounds, uh, teams that maybe weren't needing a quarterback now but down the line would want to maybe trade back and get him or use a a later first-round pick on him. I I think with him literally testing at a level that, we all knew he's athletic, right? That's not hard to know. But did we know he was like the most athletic quarterback ever? Uh, quarterback, <laughs> you know? almost player. Player, right? right. Jeez, yeah. It's like it's ridiculous. That guy's going early, like, like. And I know that, like the the man, he doesn't have a lot of snaps. Like, there's red flags here. Let's let's not forget. Like, he's very inexperienced. Weird coaching situation. Super uneven play. Inaccurate. Go there. All of it. All of it, John. But he's like too much of a freak for a team like Seattle, right? To to not pick in that top 10, right? I just, yeah. I think he's going to do it. So I think, and that's a big, big fundamental shift, right? I, I thought maybe, maybe, like kind of had to force it now. I'm like, yeah, this guy might not only be a top 10 pick, maybe a top five, maybe he's a number one pick. I don't know, but uh, someone's going to bet on those traits. I know it.
2: Joe, good stuff. Promote what you want to promote my man.
1: Yeah, hey, appreciate you having me on, John. The best uh, thing you can do follow me on Twitter at Joe Marino. Draft Dudes Podcast, Lockdown Bills Podcast. And uh, always always fun talking about with you, John.
2: Absolutely. Check out Joe's stuff. Check out the Draft Network, all that good stuff. Him and Kyle do a fantastic job. Thanks for joining us on the John Settle Podcast brought to you by PSENG. We'll see you next time, everybody.
0: Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! Slash i heart.